Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the City SC Report. My name is Steve and this is Joe. Hello. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Good to be here like always. All right. You want to talk about some soccer? Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting down towards the end of the season here. I like it. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, well, episode 40, another milestone for our little podcast covering all things St. Louis City SC. That is also crazy. Along the way, we've had some technical issues, some co-hosts come and go, some good guests, some episodes more popular than others, but overall, just a lot of fun that we'll continue to produce here. Yeah, I mean, we're going to sit around and talk about soccer anyway, so we might yeah. as well see if anybody else wants to uh, and, wants to listen in. And hit the record button in the, in the meantime. Yeah, you know. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. <laughs> oh, wait. There we go. <laughs> Let's ask this episode ever. Uh, let's let's talk about some soccer first. Uh, yeah, we have had some games. So two more games in the books for City since our last recording, and just one more to go in the regular season before we head into the playoffs. So let's uh, let's go over those games and the future games. But first, um, little City Two news. We haven't talked much about them this season. And I feel a bit bad about that because we do care about them, but it's you know it's just a little difficult to do with so much city talk to uh, to be had. Yeah, I mean last year I followed them pretty religiously when that yeah. was that when that was the highest level we had yet, and made it out to a lot of games and things, and uh, it's it's been harder this year. Yeah, I same. I uh, followed them, but I I only went to one game, but watched a few on TV, but. I mean, it's nice that a lot of them we can actually, you know, see the televised coverage. That that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. And, yeah, I've been, I've been following all of their results, trying to keep an eye on uh, some of those guys. But, unfortunately, not as much as I intended to at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to change that next year. It's going to be even harder when we get a women's team. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> I mean, we keep hearing that that could be coming. And, uh, you know, I... And I hope so. Yeah, I, well, I want it for sure. But that's a good problem to have is yeah. too, much, too much soccer. Yeah. I, I would be, I'm okay with that. Get out another small loan just to pay for all these tickets. Um, so, yeah, let's talk Let's talk about City 2 a little bit. They Their season came to an end last week when they lost to the Earthquakes 2 in the first round of the MLS Next Pro Playoffs. They lost 2-0. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that they did not make a, a deeper run like last yeah. year, but that was going to be hard to replicate. And, uh, sure. I mean, they're still, they, they made the playoffs. Uh, it was an up-and-down season for them, really, but there there were some positives to take away, and I want to list just a few of them. Obviously, making the playoffs for the second year in a row was a positive. They finished fifth in the Western Conference, just two points behind Austin 2 and Sporting Kansas City 2. Um on the player side, Johnny Klein, playing in his first MLS Next Pro season, had a great year, scored 13 goals, four assists, so nice to see him really putting in the work out there, and got a small little call up to City. That was cool. Um, and another new player on the City 2 side, and one we should also keep an eye on, was Faisal Batachi. Uh, he had a really nice season, scored nine goals, had two assists. The 23-year-old Londoner who came up through the Queens Park Rangers youth system has a lot to prove, and and there are rumors floating around that we could very well see him on the city squad next season. So, so we'll see about that. I mean, that's the beauty of two, you know, uh, having a two team that plays right here. <laughs> you can watch is 
yeah, the, the better players, we're going to be seeing some of these guys coming up. Yeah, for sure. He is one that I would like to see more of. And it's possible. Uh, add in another midfielder to that mix. A big one to watch last year on City 2 was Juan Cousin. He kind of went under the radar this year. He ended the season with five goals and five assists. Pretty good. Cousin uh, was one of those players that a lot of people speculated we brought up to the City squad this season, but kind of, like I said, fell off the radar. No idea what Lutz and Carnell have in store with him for next season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's still on their watch list. I mean, that's kind of been his whole career. I mean, he's a yeah. guy who, you know, had a cup of coffee in MLS and yep. t- to begin with and has kind of been that that perfectly borderline player of a, a guy who maybe should be getting MLS minutes, maybe should be playing in a lower division. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you really hope he plays into his potential because, man, he has always had so Ton, much potential. Tons of potential, for sure. Um, one thing about him, he did just turn 25. So he's approaching that line where a lot of players don't cross unless they have a, like a really breakout superior season. So we'll see. Which means, yeah, either we're going to see him moving up or in another year. Well, the contracts don't last this long at the next pro level. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen some guys this week, uh, sharing on the social medias that they will not be back with city, uh, coming up this next season uh Kuzain is one of those guys who yeah if they're not bringing him up I wouldn't be surprised to see him move on maybe to a USL squad or somewhere that's looking for that could really use a guy like that at a more permanent role uh two last names I'll throw out before I talk a little bit more about what what you're hitting on right there um uh Michael Wenzel the German defender who really solidified his name on that back line for City 2 had a good season and I didn't realize that he's only 21. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't he, realize that either. Yeah, he looks a lot older. Uh, I think City will keep him around maybe depending on, yeah. what, depending on what City does during the offseason. You know, either move him up if, if there's a spot on the on the roster or keep him at City too. I don't see them – I don't see him going anywhere. But I guess maybe an option uh, is to loan guys like him or Klein or, you know – Kuzain to to a USL championship side for for the next season if if they want to keep them around but still want to develop them well I mean that's what loan deals are for they're perfect for guys like that who just need a little bit more time I mean right. obviously we've been talking for months about how much good it did Sam Adenaran to to spend a loan spell uh during the middle of the MLS season to to go somewhere else where he could get good minutes against good opponents mm-hmm. and uh and work on his game and it, it only helped him it I mean it helped him immensely and he's come back a a different player. Yep. So some of these guys, especially the younger guys, if you can get them another year under their belts at that level, uh yeah. That that would be a great move for a couple of these guys if there's not a spot for them on the big club. Yeah. In any case, I think City 2 is going to make some changes for next season. We'll most likely see some returning faces and probably another couple from the academy teams will be moved up like we saw this year and uh, probably see some new faces from elsewhere. You know, we seem to have a have a good uh, scouting line out there in Europe. So Yeah, I mean, you expect a lot of turnover at that level. And, yeah. if, uh, and I would hope guys like Faisal, who you don't know anything about, have been playing right. in Europe, who... The average person over here, it's who's not on their radar, you know. But I, th- I think we'll see some players in their runs with City Two, also, just as we already have with 
like you touched on, uh, AJ Palazzolo and Ezra Armstrong, both great guys, but AJ announced that he is hanging up his boots and pursuing a different career. Um, and Ezra said he's moving on. Probably he didn't say this, but you know we can kind of uh, imagine that he'll go to a different team. <clears throat> you know, and I, I think he still has a career ahead of him. Yeah, but, that's uh, where I was getting at. You know, you're not going to just sit around at a next pro team if there's not mm-hmm. a, a spot for you to move up. You, you'd rather, you know, look for opportunities elsewhere. And AJ was a player all of us liked, but yeah, I think he realized that this was uh, the time to transition yeah. to the the non-soccer world. And I again, that's going to happen to a certain number of your players. I'm I'm guessing that um, you know Lutz Carnell didn't offer them contracts. They're both talented players, but I guess they just didn't fit into their plans, you know, or what they were looking for. Hate to see them go, but that's the biz, right? It's I'm sure we'll see a couple more go out like that too sometime between now and the next season. But that's just the way it goes. Yeah, there, there's going to be more roster change to come. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the main team now. Like we said, City played two games. We'll start with the big one at home, hosting Sporting, Sporting Kansas on September 30th. I would much rather talk about that one. Yeah. It was a lot more yeah. fun. Than... City went with a fluid 4-4-2. Berkey, Nerwinski, Parker, Nilsson, Markanik. Vasilev, Bloom, Loven, Jackson, and Klaus, Anna Denneren up top. Great lineup. Nerwinski uh, seeing a lot more time in the lineup mm-hmm. lately uh, after being left out of the the game day roster and uh yeah you know through the middle of the season and I'm okay with it. Kansas went with a similar lineup to when City last played them with one exception no Johnny Russell who was serving his time for his previous red card. It was a super tight match, nil-nil at the half and much for the second half up until the 65th minute when City made two changes, subbing in Stroud for Vasilev and Nico for Jackson. And then fireworks, man! How how much fun was that? Oh, it it, it was uh, because I was starting to get worried at that point. Yeah, I, I felt great going into the game. Still felt fine at half. Once you hit twenty minutes into the second half, I was really worried yeah. that we were gonna be looking at a nil nil draw for the night. Within the span of about twelve minutes, City put four on the board. Seventy third minute, Adenarin with a header to open it up. Two minutes later, Stroud with a goal from inside the box. Four minutes later, Klaus, and then Klaus again in the 85th minute. City made three more changes toward the end of regulation, bringing in fresh legs with Ostrock, Hebert, and Thorson. And once again, City gave up one of those last-second goals, but luckily it didn't matter. City wins 4-1 and wins the Western Conference regular season, which of course means that City is the number one seed in the West and will therefore secure home field advantage through the playoffs, which is huge. Yes, huge implications uh, as far as playoff seating, as far as all of that. But it was also just, it, it, it was such a fun game to watch once yeah. they started scoring. It was great. Um, one of the things people may not have been able to tell if they were watching on the broadcast was the timing of some of the goals. It was so fun. Uh, the first goal, the the crowd was chanting the... Uh, the shoot it chant that goes to the mm. tune of the, the song tequila. So shoot it. And the shot actually happened on the, Did as everybody really? yelled, shoot it, which <laughs> we'll never see happen as we're yelling, shoot it. He headed the ball. It was, it was beautiful. Um, super fun timing. And then because it was Sam's birthday, 
uh, the crowd was singing happy birthday. It was in the middle of, you know, getting to the climax of the happy birthday song for him when the second goal happened. Stroud scores. Yep, that was awesome. And then followed up with, again, the crowd is now in good voice. Everybody's in a great mood. Uh, and we're singing the uh, one of the usual songs, the Beatles twist and shout, where you get the ah. Mm-hmm. When you get to the really loud ah. <laughs> There was a shot that almost went in, and and my brother turned me out like, man, they they almost <laughs> scored right at the as we were yelling ah, and then the next time around when we got to the chorus, they did the third goal happened right as as you get the the huge build up of the ah, and the ball went in. It was just fantastic. You, you yeah. gotta love them actually like timing out the goals to go with yeah. the exciting stuff in the crowd. Uh, could not have planned that better, you know. I mean, I guess the fourth one didn't line up with the song, but yeah. at that point, it was all just uh, <laughs> yeah, all just fun. It did not matter, man. That yeah, that was a fun game, and you know, so we did take two out of three from Sporting Kansas, which is great. We did. Oh, and all credit to the Tifo crew. That was a fantastic. Oh my gosh, Tifo. I forgot about the Tifo. Yes, how could I forget? Uh, a great, you know, Wizard of Oz, Wicked uh-huh. Witch themed. Uh, you're not in Kansas anymore. With which laughter it was played over the speakers and and uh, a bunch of uh, fog machine supporter section flying monkey two poles yes. to go with it. Yes. I mean, it all credit to the people who painted that, who came up with the design, who it it, it came out perfectly. Absolutely, uh, I was enjoying reading the uh, comments from the Sporting Kansas fans this week, trying to downplay it like mm-hmm. oh yeah real clever like we've never heard a you're not in kansas joke before like right. maybe you have but it's the first time you've played another team from the other side of missouri we we get to make that joke like that that's uh you know you're the team that named themselves the whiz when they started yeah. uh you're gonna have to put up with the the wizard of oz references and you know we've been waiting for decades to get to make them it doesn't matter if some other team further west has made that joke uh it was wonderfully executed, uh, you know, pregame hype there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of TIFO, there is going to be a TIFO for the final game, too, on the 21st. So that should be a good one. More things to look forward to. Yep, absolutely. Got to be there. So let's go ahead then and talk about the midweek game. Wednesday, October 4th, City went out to Vancouver, and most pl- players probably wish they would have stayed home. I told you before <laughs> this game started, if I'm going to stay up late for a West Coast time <laughs> slot game on a work night, yeah. uh, it better be a good game. 9.30 and, uh, game on a Wednesday night is not ideal, especially when you lose 3 Yeah, I, I wish I had just gone to bed. I really yeah. regretted uh, staying up for this game. I don't regret it i mean then again you know i don't i still have to wake up early but yeah next morning but i i have to teach in the morning you know it's uh it it was a little rough and i'd have done it it i would have been coasting on adrenaline if it would have been a great game yeah instead of going in it just it wasn't a very pretty game uh you know you got that you're rotating your lineup um you know, a little bit of an emotional letdown after mm-hmm. clinching the conference the game before. You expect them to take the foot off the gas a little bit. That that's yeah. okay. I don't blame the team for it uh, on a short week, <clears throat> on a short turnaround like that. But it it doesn't make for the most fun game late at night on a Wednesday. Well, it was a forgettable match for sure. So much so 
that when I went to look up the stats from the game on the MLS page, they omitted it from the records for that day. So I couldn't <laughs> even, so they didn't even think it happened. They like, didn't even, yeah, never it's mind. just like, yeah, no, there was no listing for St. Louis versus Vancouver. I just looked again momentarily ago and it's not there. So it's like, all right, I <laughs> guess it didn't happen. I'm thinking, is that, uh, you know, how MLS kind of comes up with some weird rules? Is that the we, new, we uh, delete that one? is that a mulligan rule? <laughs> I, I would, if you finish first, you get you, one you game. Get one you one can free just, one. Yeah. No, no, never mind. Forget that one. Anyway. It would not be the weirdest rule that MLS has come <laughs> up with. So, it, anyway, not a lot to report from the match. City lost 3-0. And the good news is that no one from City picked up any injuries. You know, Carnell had a decent lineup there. Lunt got the start. Yarrow didn't have his best game. Nico and Sam up top thought something would have happened, but just... Fell flat. There was no cohesion. And just, I mean, Lunt had one of those. Uh, he had a night where I, I'd like to think Berkey would have saved one of those goals yeah. if uh, if Berkey had been in. But that's not going to change the outcome of the game. Right. Uh, right. You know, you this was not a one goal. If you, if you loss. can't score, then it doesn't matter. It's no, it really, it, it doesn't. So, so, so now we look on. City has one regular season match remaining. Saturday, October twenty first, against Seattle at City Park. Oh, it's gripe time. Okay. It's me. It's time for me to get back up on my soapbox once again. All right, let's hear it. This time, the culprit is MLS itself. What are you doing? Look, I like MLS as a league. I like you, MLS. You know, you do some good stuff. There's still some stuff you need to work on and improve on. Playoffs, salary rules, you know, we go on and on about that. But... This drives me crazy. MLS has been notorious for not recognizing international breaks or at least not being consistent with it. In other words, you know, for your listeners, most leagues give teams time off when national teams are in play. MLS sometimes decides to and sometimes decides not to. Uh, we are in an international break as of this week. So MLS, with the ex- <laughs> it's still not consistent, still the exception of three games being played. Uh, I believe, giving the rest of the league time off. Here's the problem. The following weekend is the final day of the regular season. Why in the world would they want to give this break now and still not even fully with six six teams still playing? And in City's case, because of the break, after that Vancouver game, it'll mean that by the time City plays Seattle, they will have had 16 days without a match. At the end of the season, it's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. And some of that's going to be harder to work around when you've got a spring to fall league like MLS yeah, as opposed yeah, to the fall absolutely. to spring leagues like most of the rest of the world. But, but there, there has to be workarounds somewhere. Be, you have to be able to yes, they they either they, either end the season shorter or extend it a little bit longer. There are do definitely something. better ways that they could handle it. Uh, the, the international breaks are... And, are and like I said, again, six teams still have to play. Because of tournaments and whatnot, having and, them, you know, rescheduled. I'm sure they were actually probably scheduled off, but until uh, last-minute changes. But. It just really seems like every other league in the world can figure this out. Yeah. And if everyone else can figure out how to arrange around it, then why does MLS have so much trouble? And, of course, you know, Carnell then has to come up with a plan for, you know, keeping his fly- players fit, training. I heard there was an... Uh, closed door intra squad match. 
you know, et cetera, but it's, it's not the same as consistently playing. Um, but you think that's bad. I was looking this up today. DC United season has already been determined. Uh, yesterday was their final game of the season. They're done. They're the first team in all MLS. They're done. And it's funny because even though the regular season doesn't officially end until after the matches on October 21st, two weeks early, and they finish in ninth, but they're still eliminated from the playoffs because mathematically because Chicago plays New York City FC on Saturday. So one team will finish above them no matter the result. That's just a that, that is a brutal way to end <laughs> your season. Isn't it? To be done to be that makes no sense I know. That, that they are. They've played 34 games. I'm looking at the stats yeah. right now. That they're done yep. and in a playoff position but eliminated from the playoffs. That, sure. that is the worst math. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I realize weird things are always going to happen. Sure, especially schedule. when you have an odd number of teams. I mean, that... Yeah, somebody it, has to some, have an off yeah, week. Yeah, something like that was bound to happen to some team. But to have it this screwy right at the end is... Yeah. Uh, two weeks before the season even ends. Wow. <laughs> it's unreal. It's ridiculous. If If DC or any team would have qualified for the playoffs and been in this situation where their season ended this early, then they would have to wait three weeks until they play again. That's, Come on. That's just crazy. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is a mess of a schedule. We've talked about it before. You know, MLS just needs to structure the season appropriately, either ignore all international breaks or recognize them and put together a schedule that makes more sense. Which my preference would be to recognize all of them. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's... If you're trying to get your league taken seriously, you want to have more international players, and you don't want games being decided by who loses more guys on a given weekend, because that's some of the worst post-game online discussion. That well, if we'd had our other three or four guys, you know, we'd have beat you all. And and I, why they can't just figure it out when right. everyone else can? You're right. It's so. So anyway, I'll I'll step off my soapbox once again apologies to the listeners this isn't something we typically do but i i think sometimes like this it's warranted i mean that's that's a fair criticism yeah it's uh it's it's not a good setup there no sorry for all the dc united fans i feel exactly. bad for them and i they, mean and they lost their manager rain rooney is gone oh yeah that that's already started the uh mm-hmm. the roller coaster of all the teams that are losing their we, we saw We've seen managers getting fired and yeah. rumors of who's getting brought in, and it's it's already getting crazy. And yeah, the season's not even over the yet. Season's not even over. So back to the present, back to happy stuff. Um, happy for us, for those of us who are not yeah. eliminated from the playoffs, right? Uh, like we said, City's off this week, but but here's where we sit. City sits at the top of the Western Conference and has clinched that spot for the rest of the regular season no matter what the results for them or anyone else in the league. We're, we're definite. City will host the first game of the first round of the playoffs and then play away and then back at home if needed. The date of the first game is not set yet, but City did put out uh, on their app that the first game will be somewhere between October 29th and November 1st. We were talking about this a bit off the mic. Selfishly, I am fine with it because we'll be in Boston for my birthday trip and don't come back until the afternoon of the 29th. So I'm other... okay with it. <laughs> I know 29th is a Sunday for all those wondering. 
uh, so it works out for Steve's travel schedule. For the rest of us, I don't know why we're not playing on Saturday the 28th. The The window for the first round of the, there's a play-in game for the 8-9 seeds, and then the actual first round of playoffs, which is a best-of-three round, which is still weird, mm-hmm. um, is it, the window of those games opens on the 28th, they said, which I assumed meant most of those games will be played on that Saturday the 28th. But the team has already announced we definitely won't be. That it will yeah. be either somewhere the Sunday or during the first half of the week. So I don't know if that means that MLS is trying to spread all of the games out to not have overlap so that people can watch all of the games. That's what I'm thinking. That has to be it, right? I mean, that. Yeah, but if you're going to have this many teams make the playoffs, that's a lot of games to spread out. And it means that somebody's playing, you know, on a Monday night. Uh, in a weird time zone, mm-hmm. or it means right. I, I hope we're not playing on Halloween. You know, that's oh, yeah. weird. I would rather, that you know, have weird. to, you know, have the time for family stuff, but that mm-hmm. is a possibility right now. And then because we're in the Western conference and this is going to be a home game and away game. And then if needed, needed a home yeah. game, what's the time slot going to look like on that away game? If we're playing somebody on the West Coast and these are going to end up being weeknight games and not weekend games, are we going to end up with a 9.30 game on a Tuesday or a Thursday or something uh, to make these match? You know, originally I'd been assuming, given the, the window of dates, that it would be like a Saturday, 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 or maybe one of them on a Sunday, but apparently not. So now I'm worried about, and and I saw a lot of people echoing this online, that we've seen how this works when it's Major League Baseball or when it's the NHL. St. Louis gets screwed on the the time slots every time. They want to make sure that the L.A. teams, then the New York teams, and, you know, markets like that get the good time slots. And uh, and St. Louis gets, you know, 9.30 on a Wednesday. Mm. So I'm, I'm... I'm dreading that on yeah. the scheduling. Yeah, that would that would not be ideal. I mean, this is a very good watchable team. You would really think that MLS would want to play up, you know, St. Louis as a team to watch for neutrals, right? Um, and would want to give these good time slots. That would be nice, but uh, I'm not holding my breath on that. No, so uh, it's not a not a fan of the weeknight games myself. That's uh, I really I'm. I'm bummed that it is not a Saturday for that first game. And really, they have to be smart enough not to schedule any games, no matter who the teams are, on Halloween. I mean, that just... You, you'd hope, but the fact that it is, it hasn't been ruled out. Right. But and Saturday the 28th night. has been ruled out. We know that they're not playing on a Saturday. I I think that would that would have been the best. You make a day of it. You yeah. make it, a, you know, you can yeah. really hype up the whole festive, come downtown... You know, mm-hmm. hang out all Saturday afternoon, kind of a thing, and maybe it'll be Sunday the twenty ninth. You can do that to a certain extent on a Sunday, but it's still it's a school night for kids. It's not yeah. the same. Yep. So we'll see. Um, and and even then, let's go back to MLS's scheduling. One of my complaints with their scheduling has been that they they never actually tell anyone the kickoff times for games. Oh yeah. So if we get a Sunday night game at seven thirty, is it a seven thirty game? Is that really an eight o'clock game? Because Usually the 7.30 starts are 7.38 kickoffs, but then sometimes they're not. We had one recently that was supposed to, uh, well, the LAFC game. I was trying to watch last week that we needed to watch for the purposes of 
St. Louis clinching the West, LAFC needed to not win their game. I turned it on, expecting it to start at, you know, eight minutes after the time slot like ours had been. And it wasn't. It was uh, it was like a 7.45 or something weird. But they don't announce that. Uh, all of their official times say 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8 o'clock. They never tell you the actual kickoff. And why not? Baseball does. Baseball will tell you, like, oh, it's a 7.05 first pitch. So you know that TV coverage can start at 7. you got five minutes. Why MLS wants to pretend when sometimes it's up to a half an hour later? Um, that makes no sense. Well, I think they actually heard you, Joe. I think they listened to this podcast because uh, unless they've been doing this, but I don't think they have, I opened up recently one of the upcoming games, and they do actually list now it has exactly, kickoff time. Oh, there's a kickoff time on... Is that on the MLS website? Yeah, on, on the one? MLS That's, app. I'm pretty sure they just started doing this, or or recently, and I, or maybe they've always done it. I just maybe never you paid have attention. To look at that. The fact that you have it's to go not... into the game and it does tell you kickoff time for the, the one I'm looking at is Saturday, Dallas, Colorado, seven thirty. It says, but kickoff is seven thirty nine. Okay, so maybe if you go into those individual <laughs> yeah. games, but if you look at just their listing of games, yeah. those it just aren't seven thirty, right? It says seven thirty or it yeah. says eight o'clock. But I see what you're saying. But I I thought that was interesting though because that is uh... I don't know if I just. Maybe they've always done it. Maybe they've always I done it, but that's where. But you can't. It. But it's not on the schedule page. Right. There's on. Yeah. You have to go into the uh, match details for the individual games. Yep. Um, which then means, I don't use the MLS app to check kickoffs. Every uh, the other apps like Thoughtmod right. and things go off of the schedule page on MLS, which doesn't have those. Yeah. And it's. It's just one more annoyance. Why? <laughs> Why not do that? Just tell us when the game. Put that as your default time. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, I get it. It's been frustrating. I mean, there there have been a few games where going to watch something and not just sitting any game. You go to put it on and you realize you still have twenty minutes. Yeah, sometimes. And like, what's going on? Uh, Start the damn game already. Well, because some of the ones that get national broadcast, they mm-hmm. bump to twenty five minutes after the start time. Yep. Um, you know that that's a big difference. It's not a five minute difference in games. It's sometimes a a seven thirty listed game that kicks off at seven fifty five. So, MLS, we know you're still relatively new to the soccer world, but come on, you're approaching thirty years now. It's it's time to. Maybe we've all just been spoiled by watching up. European leagues. Like yeah. If I turn on a nine a.m. game in England, it. It's a 9 a.m. game. It's yep. it's not sometimes a 9:25 a.m. game. Like, and you gotta wait and see. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's all it is. I'm yeah. ruined by that. But <laughs> the important thing is we're headed for playoffs. So whenever the times are, we will have playoff games to watch. We will start at home. We will hopefully have many home games in the playoffs. Let's hope that they uh, make a good deep run here. Let's let's look at City, where we're at right now, by the way. So, And then we'll talk about the Seattle game. So City has 56 points, 17 wins, 11 losses, 5 draws, 60 to- 62 goals for, which is tops in the West, third overall in MLS, behind Columbus with 65, and Atlanta with 64, and have allowed 43 goals. That's sixth fewest in the West. Which gives us, uh, what, second best goal differential after Columbus in the league? Yeah. 
which is, I mean, goal differential is usually the statistic that really tells you mm-hmm. how good your team is, not how lucky they are. Um, that That's always a very telling statistic. If you can consistently outscore your opponents, you're going to be winning. And second in the league in goal differential is makes me very happy. Six teams have now qualified for the playoffs in the Western Conference, Conference, which leaves three spots and a tight race for those last three spots with five teams battling it out for them, which will make the 21st a fun day to see who secures those spots. I, that is going to be a fun day. Um, in this season's playoff structure, the number one seed in each conference plays the winner of a wild card game between numbers eight and nine. So if the season was to end today, City would play the winner of San Jose and Dallas. Dallas with a game in hand compared to the other four teams battling to secure those playoff spots. So that scenario most likely will change. So the question is, are we rooting against Kansas City (laughs) so that they get eliminated and we can mock them for that? Or are we rooting for Kansas City in the hopes of uh, uh, getting them in the playoffs? I mean, I can... well, it would be fun to to play them in the playoffs. Okay, I tell you what, let me run through city stats and then uh, we'll talk about that because that is a good question. I've I've touched on something along those lines that uh, I do want to talk to you about. But um, really quick, uh, let's look at our goal scores. Right now, Klaus is still tied with Nico for the leader with 10 goals and 4 assists in just 18 games, while Nico has his 10 goals and 1 assist in 31 games. Sam Adenarin has 8 goals and 1 assist in 17 games. Uh, Edward Leuven has 6 goals. Stroud has 5 goals. Parker has 4 goals. And I'll finish the list with Alm and Ostrock, who both have 3. Uh, the city assist leader, Leuven now has 14 assists to go along with his six goals. You know, that shows how important he really is. I mean, 14 assists. Oh, yeah. Who would have thunk it? Um, Stroud has five assists. Vasilev has five assists. And then I'll round, round off this list with Alm, Klaus, and Jackson, who all have four assists apiece. Oh, and uh, something came across the Twitter a little while ago. Thanks to Matt Baker. And uh, I want to do this at some point anyway, but I want to take a second to put the spotlight on Indiana Vasilev. Um, show just how important and versatile a player he is. Indy has played in 33 games. It's every game so far this season. And they weren't all subs. He started 25 of the 33. I didn't realize he'd gotten in uh, same in, in all 33 of the And game. because of Berkey's... Break last game, he he passed him up. So pretty wow. crazy. His that, that is, yeah. Yeah. Two goals and five assists. Very commendable. We've seen him play just about everywhere in the midfielder. He's our Charlie Hustle out there, constantly grinding, constantly filling in where Carnell needs him to be. And this is the Twitter the the tweet. Is it even called a tweet anymore? No, <laughs> here's that's the X. Here's the X that came out today. Uh, it was announced today that Vasilev was added to the U.S. camp for the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. Okay. So congrats to Indy. Well-deserved. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I mean, guy's not a superstar, but he's that solid player, you know, who can start or come in when needed. So really cool. Just wanted to give him some much-to-earn props. Yeah. Very good deal. Yeah. 
Okay, final game coming up next weekend versus Seattle at City Park, and then it's on to the first round of the playoffs. Seattle is third in the Western Conference with 50 points, six behind City. They have qualified for the playoffs, 13 wins, nine losses, 11 draws, a surprisingly low goals for number with 39, which only puts them ahead of Colorado, Dallas, and San Jose. Yeah, that's that's a crazy <laughs> statistic. They they've scored so what is, what is that twenty three less twenty three <laughs> fewer goals than St. Louis has this year. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, that's basically a whole Colorado team yep. of difference. Basically, if you <laughs> add Seattle and Colorado's goals, uh, you're you're you know about where St. Louis is. But their defense is where they shine. They've only allowed thirty two, which is the fewest in the Western Conference, and only trails Nashville with 29 for the league lead. Offensively, Seattle is led by Jordan Morris, 11 goals in 25 games. Leo Chu has five goals, but also has eight assists. Rui Diaz, also with five goals scored. Albert Rusnak with four goals and four assists. And Christian Roldan with three. So right there, 28 of their 39 goals from just those five players. And of course, I have to mention their big assist man, Lodero who leads the team with 10 assists. Uh, Seattle has a pretty good away record, six wins, five losses, five draws. But as we all know, City is pretty freaking great at home. 11 wins, uh, three losses, and two draws. So here's the question. Then. No idea what to expect from this match. Both teams have qualified for the playoffs. I guess Seattle has a little bit more to play for. A win could potentially secure them in second, depending on what LAFC does against Vancouver. And Vancouver, who has also qualified for the playoffs, will really be fighting that one because they want to win to give them the opportunity to leapfrog Houston, which, of course, what does that all mean? The higher seeds get the home field advantage, which everyone wants. So, yes, there is something for those teams, you know, still play for. So That's what worries me is that Seattle has more to play for than we do. Exactly. At this, at this city, point. city, not so much. Points would be nice, obviously, but again... Just coming out of the games with everyone healthy for the playoffs is what's more important. Um, I believe City need one more point for the all-time uh, points, points for the season yeah. record by an expansion club. Yeah. Right now, they have they already own the most wins. Um, it would be nice to see them get that, uh, get that as well. But... They also don't want <laughs> you don't want anyone hurt, overstretch anybody, and but then you also want to get your people in game shape. Yeah, like you said, exactly. after this long layoff, it, do yep. you just need to get all of your yeah. starters in another game? Um, but maybe you know sub a little earlier than you're, you know, than you would have otherwise. I, I yep. gotta think he wants to run a, a good starting eleven out yep. there, and then just start subbing in like the sixtieth minute and. Uh, you know, if not halftime, depending on uh, uh, yeah, what's depending going on. Who on. And, yeah. So with that, what's your prediction? I'm I'm gonna go one one. <laughs> I I think that uh, I think St. Louis want to play to win this, but I don't. Uh, I, I'm just not sure against a good defensive Seattle team with us playing it a little bit safer than what they're gonna have to. I love when we predict the same score. It makes me laugh. For some reason, I always laugh whenever. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to say the same score, so it just kind of no. We never talk about these. No, we don't. We've got no. a lot of the same. Uh, I, I think it's the same thought process. We're yeah. watching the same teams. We're, we're yeah. feeling the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not a draw, I'm. 
I think a win or I think a loss by St. Louis is more likely than a win because again Seattle has more to play for. Seattle mm-hmm. really does have to worry about playoff seeding. Uh, and like, a, quite like a bit. I and like I noted, Seattle's hard to score off. They are. So. And so I would hope that the home field helps, but then you know, we were just held scoreless for seventy minutes by a Kansas City team that's not nearly as tough as Seattle. Mm-hmm. So you never know how that's going to look. Uh, or maybe, depending on other results, Seattle have to open it up and go for the win. You know, maybe that gives us a chance. Uh, I just, I, I think I think we're looking at a draw. Yeah, I think it's very likely. So, all right, let's do this. You started this. Let's continue it. If the playoffs started next week, which team would you rather see City play? Knowing that none of them have a very good away record, Portland is two eight and seven away, but nine four and three at home. San Jose is also two eight and seven away, eight two and six at home. Dallas a little bit better, three seven and six away, seven three and six at home. Sporting Kansas is three eight and six away, but also eight six and two home. And then there's Minnesota who still technically in it. They're just hanging by a thread. Uh, they almost, It's that weird thing that we talked about last time. Um, they have a better, slightly better away record than at home. 6-8-2 away, 4-4-9 four, four, at home. So 20 points on the road and 21 at home. I, I don't want Dallas is the one that I, I don't... Uh, I, I don't like how we matched up with them previously. Yeah. And... You know, they're the only ones of those teams that you're talking about coming in with a positive goal differential. I'm not sure about the other ones. Uh, <laughs> I just know that Dallas is the one that I don't want us to draw. I, I think the other ones all look more vulnerable. So I think, so yeah, I mean, Portland has a goal differential negative 10, but they've really come on. I mean, I don't. San Jose has not been scoring in no. the numbers that, that worry me. I mean, like if I if I'm pulling up their last five matches here, That's what I was you know, do. San, San Jose draw with Dallas, draw with Minnesota, draw with Nashville, lost to Portland. They don't scare me. Obviously, we just beat Sporting Kansas again to take two out of three for them for the year. But then I worry that uh, you play a team too many times, you start getting that familiarity. They start getting better scouting on you. Um, you know, I worried that they could game plan better. You saw how long they were able to hold St. Louis the last time. So I, I, I kind of feel like I, I want San Jose uh, as the first round opponent out of all of these. I think they I look the most beatable. I agree. But yeah, the uh, San Jose as Ebobise and Espinoza as dangerous. But I don't I, know. I, I just feel more confident about playing them than I. Yeah, I, I think I like that matchup uh, a little bit better. Um, I think that is the one that. Um, I, obviously, St. Louis will be the favorites no matter who we're playing here. Yeah. I mean, that's just how statistics work. And you're playing, you know, a one seed against somebody who won a play-in game. Uh, but you never know. Upsets mm-hmm. happen. Soccer is a low-scoring sport. And so, you know, the, the better team does not always win. Statistically, like in the NBA, NBA series are almost always won by the favorites. Uh, you kind of know going in who's got the higher-quality team. And when you're scoring a hundred and something points a night, you know the the better team is going to win out. In a one nil game, 
you know, things happen. Somebody gets a goal, packs it in in the box, and uh, next thing you know, you're down a game against a bad team. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're we're in agreement there. San Jose is who mm-hmm. we're uh, hoping so. for yeah. as our opponent. I think so. And let's just hope for lots of red cards. And <laughs> I, I don't want to wish injuries on anybody. That's no. not, you know, not very Sportsman sporting. Way, but, yeah. but, you know, we can wish red cards on them, can't we? Right. So, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be uh, interesting to see who we end up playing against. And so I think, uh, should we wrap it up? I think so. I think right. we're uh, ready to, you know, looking down the barrel of playoffs, getting excited. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a long, it, if we stay in it like we should, we're looking at a long stretch of playoffs, though. That's The MLS Cup final is until December, is that right? I think so. First week of December. So, yeah, we'll try to get back in and record before the playoffs. I think we could probably squeak one in there. and Yeah, uh, you know, and then we can break down those matchups a yeah. little bit better once we know who's, it, who's finishing where. Yeah, that'll be fun. So, all right, I think that'll do it. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, listeners. Remember to follow, follow us on all our socials. Email us with any questions or comments cityscreport at gmail.com catch up on all our articles on our website cityscreport.com remember to support our sponsor bluewood brewing especially if you enjoy good beers and as always go city go city